Thanks for jumping on the ASX Market Goss podcast. For no more than 30 minutes, we're going to dig a little deeper with ASX-listed small cap companies, their focus, the future, highs and lows, and what's next. A part of the conversation is to get to know our guests at a personal level, their experiences, mentors, slips and slides, even down to their coffee of choice, and life away from the share price and investment decision-making. Our guest today is Tara French, Kazali Resources, ASX, code C-A-Z. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tim. Great to be here. Okay, tell us what Kazali does. So Kazali's a junior exploration company, um, which, you know, I love that space. I'm a geologist by background. And so we've got a number of projects across a different um, number of commodities as well. And we're searching for gold, copper, rare earth, lithium. You know, we've got a pretty diverse portfolio. So drill and find. Yes. <laughs> Are you winning? Uh, it's an interesting space. Sometimes you win, sometimes you don't. Um, but we certainly look to win more than we don't. Um, we've got some advanced projects and we're sort of looking to have a bit of a pipeline, to be honest. You know, we've got an advanced project, um, which is currently there's a feasibility study going on on that or pre-feasibility study. Um, and then we've also got some very grassroots projects, which is just, you know, we're really looking on the ground for something new. Tara French, our guest, Kazali Resources Managing Director, Junior Listed Minerals Exploration Company, ASX Code CAZ. So you've got a couple of projects in Australia and you've got a, a couple of projects, uh, some in the infancy in Namibia. Uh, so what's the focus in Namibia first and foremost? So we've got two projects in Namibia. Um, I guess our first project is called Kayoko, Critical Minerals Project. It's in the northern district of Namibia, so closer to the Angola border. And we've got a very large lithium anomaly there. So it's about 12 kilometres by 10 kilometres. Um, it's an exciting space, but it's a, a new target, if you like. So it's a grassroots target and it's hosted in sediments. So it's a little bit different. It's not hard rock lithium and it's not lithium in brines. Um, so that's a new space um, for us to be exploring that lithium target. Um, unfortunately, that tenement is under renewal, so we will have a bit of a hiatus there before we can jump back into it. Um, but the other exciting thing we've got in Namibia is we recently staked a new licence and that is for exploration for rare earths. Now, the exciting thing about that is we already know that there's carbonatite intrusives there and there is some drill testing. So so that's going to be great to follow up, but it's in application and we don't expect that'll be granted until about April and hopefully then we can get on the ground. Some of the people listening right now will know what rare earth is. It sounds pretty cool and it sounds very now. What is rare earth for the uninitiated like yours truly? Well, I guess it is very now, um, you know, moving into the, the green energy space. So it is quite important. I guess rare earth, we, generally the market will quote, quote total rare earth oxides, which rare earths are made up of 17 different elements. And so basically it depends which ones you've got as to, you know, the value of your total rare earths. Um so, you know, there's obviously ones that are more expensive like terbium, um, dysprosium, neodymium and praseodymium are also very important. And so light rare earths um, and heavy rare earths, so they're, they're both um, different value and used for different things. The majority all in the green energy space and because they are light, 
they're used in magnets so you know for wind turbines and ev motors and things like that so so as the demand for that increases that's why the demand for these rare earths are increasing kazali resources how long you've been around uh so the inception of kazali was 2003 uh so quite some time ago we're 20 20 years old this year do i can, can i be a little bit captain obvious is kazali what i think it is Yes, yes. It's Roy Kazali. Roy Kazali. Yeah, that's right. And how does that become linked into junior mining? Yeah, so that's um, a pretty interesting story, actually. So the previous managing joint managing directors is Clive Jones and Nathan McMahon, and they got together and floated the company. And, you know, they were at the pub talking about, well, you know, what do we name this company? And Nathan was foot football mad, so, you know, mad St Kilda supporter. And he, ah, I like him already. <laughs> <laughs> and he said to Clive, who's a Fremantle supporter. I don't like him as <laughs> He said, right, we've got to name it Kazali after Roy Kazali. What a great, great idea, you know, <laughs> that football theme. And um, Clive said, no, that's, that's too cheesy. That's not, <laughs> let's, not, let's not go there. And so Nathan then started singing the Kazali song and the entire pub started singing this song. So then, you know, Clive had to say, all right, you win. <laughs> Kazali it is. Uh, very cool. So we are talking Kazali Resources Managing Director, Tara French. Tara, did you want to always do this? Is this growing up at, at school and uni? Is this, is this the world, geology? Geology, is that right? Yeah. You're a geologist. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's my that's trade, trade, if you like. Your trade, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess it, I sort of, in a way, it came about because I did some, I grew up in Weeper, well, you know, far north Queensland yeah. on the west side of the Cape. Yeah. And um, I did a bit of work experience. It's a long way away from Perth. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Great place to grow up, though, you know. It was um, had a lot of freedom in that space. And anyway, um, I did a bit of work at Camalco, just, you know, um, work experience after school. And it was just such an interesting space for me, like to see the process of mining. And I worked in the lab for a bit. And um, I thought, oh, that's really interesting. And I think I want to get involved in that space. So and then when I went to university, I sat down with one of the professors, you know, at open day and said, look, I'm not sure what I want to do, but maybe in this space. And so, um, yeah, they just sort of gave me some pretty boring core subjects except for geology. And, um, yeah, so that's the one I took off with. Yeah, it was great. So geology is not boring? No. No, it's very exciting. Yeah. Uh, what excites you? Are you a celebrator? I do like to celebrate wins. Yeah, I think it's important that you do that and sort of take time for that. I think we do get a bit caught up in just, you know, um, I'm quite goal-orientated and I've, I guess I've always been that way. So it's almost like you need to pause once you've done that and not immediately move on to the next thing. And I think that is an easy thing to do in, in this space because you're constantly, you know, moving. It's very dynamic. So, yeah. How did you find yourself at Kazali? Um. I'd been with Regis for 14 years. What a success at Regis. You're a very, yeah. very clever woman. When I go back, when I do the Google, it <laughs> tells me you were very successful. I was just about to go there. Uh, you had some major rewarding moments. Yes. Quote, unquote. Yes. No. What, what it, was your major rewarding moment there, if you like, would like to share with us? Ah, uh, the discovery of Garden Well was fantastic, you know, and being part of that team was, it was an amazing time, you know, to see 
to see the you know all of this alteration material coming out of the ground so you you know we were there on I was there on the rig at the time and you know it was a lot of fun um, a lot of hard work but well, it's what, what really is that, rewarding. what is that emotion is it can we put it into footy speak winning a premiership um, getting a hat trick um, getting married what, what elation are we talking what moment when you know you've struck painted I think it's got to be better than a premiership, surely. Because <laughs> I think the whole process too from discovery through to like seeing something go through to production so it's significant enough, it's economic, you can take it through, you can get it mined, you can make money. I mean, that's pretty amazing and it doesn't happen a lot. So, you know, because we all know that expiration is possibly one of the biggest gambles, right? Like we're successful less than 1% of the time. Yeah, I heard that, that, I'm intrigued by that because I would have thought, well, you're going to drill down there and you know you're only drilling in that spot because there is something down there and you're going to find it. But it doesn't happen like that. No, you really, you have to have, all the ingredients have to be right. You know, you have to be in the right ground, you have to have the right mineralisation. How do you pick the right ground? How does someone go... Yep, I want to go there because I think that might work. Is it from previous, 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 and people have been tinkering around the edges of that saying there must be something here, so let's see if we can be the ones that find it? A little bit of that sometimes, but I think now because, you know, we've got, you know, as technology improves and we get so much more new data and a better understanding of how mineral systems form, and so now there's much bigger I guess data sets that we can look at to put us in the right location you know like people can map all these mantle tapping structures using seismic and magnetotellurics and and things that see deep and deep into the earth so I think that's that's what puts you in the right place and then you just need to do your groundwork to work out whether or not the rocks that are in that space are host to to your minerals and that they're economic that's that's also critical you know because you can have a technical technical success but if you can't make money out of it then um you know you can't build a mine so regis is successful big moment that's the big moment we talk about some of those some of those wins there just just wrap that up in a nutshell about that day that you said it was coming out of the ground and you could see what was what you'd found yeah that was um I mean, it's pretty exciting. So the, the it, it's a long story. So I shouldn't You've get into it. <laughs> Give me your story. So I think actually it was Mark McComsky who was on the original Air Corps rig. They drilled three holes across this thing, 180 meters apart. You know, and so we went out there once he'd finished these holes because he kind of went, well, this is a bit different, and you know we haven't seen this out here before. And we went and had a look, and it was. These the rock chips, which is what you get from drilling, how we were drilling air core. So we've got all these rock chips on the ground and we had a look and it's, you know, there's quartz veining, there's all of this really bright green alteration called fuchsite, lots of sulfides. And um, so it was a different thing that we'd seen before and it carried gold. So it was an altered ultramafic hence all of this fuchsite alteration, um, lots of quartz veining. So it was a big shear zone. So we ended up infill drilling that. And um, I remember it was very hot and we were intense at the time. So it was... Um, tense as in tense, not as in intense, as in I'm intense. Oh, probably a little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> 
but that was back in the day when we didn't pre mine site we didn't have um any infrastructure out there really so we were intense it was steaming hot um so long days and it's just it's an exciting space though right you're drilling every hole and you're seeing this alteration and mineralization in every hole and so we knew we had something big and um yeah it's just it's just such a good a good space to be because that's what keeps you going you know like no one wants to be drilling something where you're not actually getting any reward for it or you know that it's not going to be a reward in the end so So that was your regis success at one of of course in that 14 year journey but again flip that round and you found yourself at kazali so why why the change i mean can it be so personal to say were you headhunted did you just want to make a change was there a reason why you wanted to go down the kazali line uh, I think because I had been at Regis for such a long time, 14 years is a long time in one space, and I've, I sort of felt like, you know, I'd kicked a lot of goals there. I was really happy with, um, you know, where I was at, where the team was at, you know, and I think um, they were doing really well. So I thought, look, this is a really good time for me to um, to look in a different space potentially. So you believe in, in going out on top? Um. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. So you believe in going out on top? Yeah, I think there's nothing wrong with that. So how did you get to Kazali? So that's actually a, a pretty cool story. So the um, I was introduced to Clive and Nathan by Rolly Pennock, who I had known for a long time actually, and his son still operates his business in West Perth. And they're a recruitment company. And so, you know, I'd been talking to Rolly for quite some time and sort of, you know, he said, let me know when you're ready. And, um, yeah, he called me up one day and I said, yeah, I think I'm ready. <laughs> and so, yeah, he made the introduction and, and I really liked the Kazali model and, and what the guys were doing. And, um, yeah, I thought it would be a really a good space for me to step into. So how long have you been there? And what are the wins since? Oh, so this is the other interesting thing. I've been there, so I started in July last year. So, you know, it is coming up to actually, no, the year before, coming up to two years yep. almost. Wow. Yep. Time flies. That's the other interesting. COVID. Yes, COVID. Wow. Yeah. That's a tough time to start something new. 21. Well, yeah, it was. Sort of stopped us getting over to Namibia and doing a few things, but, you know, and doing surveys and stuff in the Kimberley were difficult but still you know we got through that and it's um it's interesting you asked me that question actually because I've been since I started I have been talking to a few people about this whole you know because I think previously working and being really goal orientated and 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 having that as your driver it's very difficult when you go to um a different space where you might not always get to that particular goal and then you might have to start again. So, for instance, we review a lot of projects and, and we look at, um, you know, picking new ground or acquiring new projects and, and what's going to add the most value. So so you sort of head down that path and you think you might be heading towards a goal and the more you learn about that, the less it becomes appealing. So, so then you shelve that and you move on to the next thing. So it's... Um, it's interesting. I don't know how many goals we're kicking because you're continually turning things over and we obviously still try and kick goals on the projects that we've got and advance them as rapidly as we can. 
you know, with everything else pending, like approval processes and surveys and things. Um, so we generally try and keep those moving as forward as quickly as we can, but it's it's bringing in new things, which I think takes time and, um, yeah, and, and you constantly have to review, but also in that space, that's a win. If you're not investing in something that's not worthwhile, then that has to be seen as a win. So it's almost changing your mindset around that. Tara French is our guest, Kazali Resources. Um, Tara, a little bit about you now. What's the first thing you do when you put your head in the space of I've got to go to work day? What's the first thing you do? Uh, <laughs> I have to confess, I do look at the market, especially, um, yeah, if we've got a pre release out, I look at what our share price has done and I look at emails. <laughs> But before that, I generally get to the gym early. Gym? Yeah. You pump weights, aerobic stuff? First thing, I must admit I've had a bit of a break lately. But um, <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> you break. A bit of a hiatus. Um, I generally like to go and, just yeah, just, you know, do weights and swimming. and Good for the brain? I think it is. And I yeah. think, you know, it's good to... To just do that and then, you know, I, I do those things actually before I go or when I get to the gym before I start doing anything. And then, yeah, I do my switch off at the gym, think about what I'm going to get done for the day and then start my day. It's um, it's a pretty good way. Coffee of choice? Double espresso. How many times a day do you knock one off? Well, I generally try and stop by midday, but by then I'll have two or three. <laughs> <laughs> That is pretty cool. What's your downtime like? Um, and what do you do? So, uh, downtime always seems to be hard to find. <laughs> but I think for me, weekends is, you know, spending time with the hubby and going to the beach and, you know, just enjoying life. Is that quality really. time, is that, is, that, is that what they say? Yeah, quality time and um, just doing fun stuff. I like mountain biking. And so, you know, I head up into the hills, hopefully. We try to go every Sunday, uh, myself and a girlfriend of mine and, you know, whoever else is available, but I think no one's as disciplined as we are getting there every weekend, do, but it's fun. Do you read? Look, I used to and I still try to, but I struggle to get the time these days. <laughs> it's more like fitting in time for sleep, so, yeah. <laughs> Very true. Um, uh, do you watch... TV, Netflix, programs, and if so, what so? No, don't watch TV at all. Have you got a TV? Yes. Have you get turned on much? Not much at all. Really? No, wow. no, not not a TV person. Are you a podcaster, a listener? Um, yeah, I will. I will listen to podcasts. Um, and what's your podcast of choice? What sort of themes? Ah, uh, subject. Everything really. Yeah. You know, like a few years ago trying to understand how the hell Bitcoin works. Listen to quite a few podcasts mm. about that. Bitcoin. Oh, I've forgotten my part. <laughs> I'm already done. Yeah. But I think now I just find it interesting listening to podcasts around, you know, what's happening in the market and, and you know, what different different companies are doing. Um, so just pretty much anything across the board. I like to listen to podcasts on a, on a road trip. I think that's yeah. always good. Um, what's your skill set, your management skill set? What's your, what's your strength? What do you think you're good at? Um, I think I'm good at 
or I think I'm good at assessing things and working out whether or not they're going to be value adding. You know, is it worthwhile? Um, I also think I'm good at empowering people to do the best that they can. Love that, empowering. Um, And I think that's important as in the management space. You know, you employ good people. You need to um, give them the confidence to, you know, work for themselves, you know, kick their own goals, make some mistakes, learn from them um, and grow. Because I think if you just sort of don't give people that rope, they, they, they don't have the opportunity. So, so I really like just giving people some, some room to grow. Who's your mentor? Do you have one? Do you have a sounding board that you, you go to? Um, yeah. Previous, my, my previous mentor was Jens Balco. So he was um, my leader at Regis initially when I started there with the company. And now my mentor's Clive Jones, you know, because I'm in a different space, um, much more corporate space. And, you know, so Clive's got a world of experience in that space and, um, you know, our other directors do as well. So, yeah. Um, as a geologist and someone that, you know, you talked about just briefly back onto that read just where you liked being there, do you like getting the boots on and getting out there and getting your hands dirty? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, you know, it does definitely come from being a geologist it's it's sort of all gels once you can get on the ground and and see what you know what are you actually looking at what do the rocks look like you know it's it's different to reading a report you really want to be on the ground and see what things look like do you like the office um yeah i like the balance you know i like to still be able to get out in the field um but um you know flashing back to tense i'm getting a bit softer these days <laughs> Clamping. It's yeah. damping, you know? as low as I go. um last couple for you we appreciate your time tara french is our guest on this podcast today asx uh, caz of course kazali resources um a five year two year one year plan do you plan for kazali in in that space as you said you've been there just a shy of two years now but do you have a one-year plan, a two-year plan, five-year plan? Yeah, definitely. It's um, it's hard to say it out loud because I don't want to overpromise things, you know. Uh, but obviously, looking for growth of the company, you know. So, so really looking for some key key ad projects, you know, and and with a bit of luck, you know, the ones that we've got in the portfolio now will will get us in that, will project us in that direction. Um, but still, certainly looking at at getting something that we can really get our teeth into in the portfolio. So here's your pitch. You've got people listening to this podcast right now that have been impressed and I've, I've loved our time chatting, Tara French. Um, pitch Kazali to investors and people listening right now. Uh, I think there's a lot of upside with Kazali. Um, we've, we've valued at about $11 million market cap. Our share price is $0.03. Cents. Um, and we've still got uh, a fairly good parcel of cash and investments, so we can actually work what we've got, um, and we do have enough money to, you know, to look for new things as well. So while, you know, we might be have been seen in the past as a bit of a sleeper, I think, um, you know, there's some really good things to be coming out of Kazali, um, as there has been in the past. Um, so I think it's a good opportunity. We're a good price to be getting in at. And, um, you know, there's upside with new discoveries ahead, surely. 
I like the cut of your cloth, Tara French, because Ali Resources Managing Director, Junior Listed Minerals Exploration Company, ASX Code CAZ. I hope you've enjoyed the experience as much as I have. Thanks for joining us. It's been great. Thanks a lot, Tim. hope you enjoyed our chat make sure you tune in for our next edition when i'll be providing you with another rare insight into an executive leading one of the companies you might be invested in to get the goss on what makes them tick and why they do what they do asx market goss is available on a number of platforms not just the one you're using right now apple podcast spotify iTunes, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok, and rss.com. Like us, leave a comment, rate us, give us your feedback. The content of this podcast is intended to be general in nature and is not personal financial product advice. It does not address the circumstances of any individual or entity. You should not construe any of this information or other part of the material as legal, tax, investment, financial or other professional advice. ASX Market Goss and its employees are not financial advisors. You should consider seeking independent legal, financial, taxation or other advice to check how any information relates to your unique circumstances. Nothing contained in this podcast constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by ASX Market Goss or any third party to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments in this or any other jurisdiction in which such solicitation or offer would be unlawful under the securities laws of such jurisdiction.